Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we discuss how to wisely manage your resources, your influence, and on today's episode, your personality. We're talking about personality tests, Grant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe everyone listening to this podcast is more than the results that they get on a personality assessment. I believe that you are so much more beautiful, complex, creative than what any personality test or assessment can put you into. Mm. I believe that. I am more than an Enneagram 9. You are more than an Enneagram 9. You are. Now, for context, like, I am semi-anti- personality quizzes semi-anti Semi-anti. yeah Yeah, that's a thing i just don't like them i'm just gonna be real i just don't like them i think it's just because you haven't found the right quiz for you maybe so i found a quiz that i think is right for us okay no it's not a buzzfeed quiz though surely they have tons of quizzes that would that would help like which hogwarts house are you in but today we're, we're taking uh which animal are you and you the listener can find this quiz by going to google Typing in Earth Day quiz, and it's right there. So, Grant, we're going to take this quiz today. We're going to find out which animal you are. Okay. And this, I think this is going to make you want to do all the personality tests. Okay. I think, it, I think it'll convert you. So, already I'm thinking through this and like, okay, I'm going to try to answer these questions in such a way so that the animal I get is like Great White Shark. Something, something awesome. awesome. Yeah. Jinx. Jinx. Uh, so, like, that's another problem with personality tests, right? Like, I I know the result is to tell me an animal. I want to be an awesome animal, so I'm going to answer those questions that way. All right, let's go. Let's do okay. this. Okay. Okay. We'll do this at the same time. So, okay. uh, question one, what are you up to on a Friday night? Alone in my burrow, rarely seen out, strutting my stuff, or following the herd? Uh, if I could choose, I would say alone in my burrow, but I don't want them to make me a groundhog. So I'm going like I want to be like a tiger. Yeah. So tigers strut my stuff for sure. Yeah. I'll just I'll be real. Let's go alone in my burrow. If I could choose, I'm at home with my family. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say rarely seen out, just to be slightly different than you. Okay. <laughs> uh, you and your best friend show up at a party wearing the exact same outfit. What is your reaction? High five. <laughs> no big deal. How embarrassing. Fight. Change outfits. Uh, I'm neither of those. I know. See, another problem personality test. Like, I would not only say, like, no big deal. I would say, like, best friends. Let's hug. All right. So I'll say no big deal for you. Okay. For me, I'm going to say change outfits because it has that disguise face, and that's actually my face. Uh The glasses. The glasses. The the nose. It is. That's my face. If you get one of those, like, glasses, nose, mustache at the dollar store, you get to look like Daniel Christie. Yeah. Yeah. From the Stewardship Podcast. Um. And then choose a snack, seafood, fruit, and or insects, which is gross, uh, meat, or a salad. A snack? Yeah. Um, I read my favorite snack. See, like, this is the worst. <laughs> I'm, like, finding I'm such a contrarian. I'm finding something different for every single – like, I would like a glass of milk. That is not on there. It. I mean, That's a meat. snack for me. Fine, meat. Meat it is. <laughs> I'll pick a salad. Okay. Uh, what do you look for in a partner? Bright colors, loud grunting sounds, a complex system of glands, or old-fashioned values? Like, they're talking about, like, my wife? Yeah. 
Okay, th- this is setting up for a real interesting podcast based on the answer to this. I'm just going to say old-fashioned values because that sounded great to me when you first said it. Cool. I'm going to say a complex system of glands. Great. Uh, choose a hobby. Feats of strength. Work around the house. Swimming. None of the above. I'll say work around the house because that's what I do as a hobby. I yeah. do work around the house. Woodworking. Things like that. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, none of the above. Okay. So, Grant, you are a Komodo dragon. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you have an appetite for life as well as the ability to swallow an entire goat. Solid. I mean, that's what when I when I see Grant Bobma, I think Komodo dragon. <laughs> and I am a cuttlefish. <laughs> it's the best brain to body ratio of oh. all invertebrates. Well, and the ability to camouflage your skin at will. It's pretty amazing. I don't have either of those. You don't in real life. So inaccuracies might be one of your beefs with personality quizzes. You know, I think the the purpose for us to do this is not only was it fun, but as we're taking this test, you're able to hear from me and you real time how what some people think through while they're taking these tests. Yeah. There is a reality with personality tests or, you know, personality assessments um, that if you know what the results might be, you're going to think through those answers to try and get the preferred result for sure and and some of that happens because of how we've been trained to take quizzes and tests we want an a so we're going to fill out that test we're going to study for it we're going to be a critical thinker as we're answering questions to try and get an a a high grade right so we are conditioned to answer questions to get a result the way that we want and i think that's hard to overcome in personality quizzes and assessments that's one reason how they can be an issue. But the other thing is I could literally take this test again tomorrow and I could be in a completely different mood and I too could be a cuttlefish, Daniel. Yeah. You know, like based on your mood in that day, you're taking that quiz and that test in a vacuum on that day. Yeah, it's a snapshot. It is. And can that snapshot be helpful? Sure, Maybe. it can be. But should I get... My identity wrapped up in that. Should I have um, the my career chosen based on that? I don't maybe, but I don't know if it's wise. Yeah, I found that. some problems with that because uh, I I do not shy away from personality quizzes, but I do tend to pick my answers based on what I think the results might be. But with there was one uh, personality assessment that was out there that was really popular the last couple of years called the Enneagram. I've uh, never heard of this. Tell me you've more. Never heard of it? Are you even a Christian? Uh, so it it's this quiz, and there are nine personality types, and it, it's a little bit more complex than just nine. But uh, I found out through self assessment, I guess, that I am an Enneagram nine. But the problem came when I, I heard Enneagram nines are lazy. We struggle to finish things, and I started to identify with that, like over identify with that, to where mm. like. It was almost an excuse to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just a not. It's just who I am. Yes. And some of that was tempting because it was, it was something to blame. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, that's that's just who I am. But it also made me feel a little less capable, mm-hmm. and that can be a problem. What I liked about it is that nines are peacemakers, and I like to be seen as somebody who helps, you know, m- mediate. Yeah. You know, I like to bring peace. That's a good thing. Yeah. But then it also sometimes means that I'm a peacekeeper, 
meaning I'm going to bend my boundaries and bend my values to just not upset people. Mm -hmm. And that can be problematic. And so taking the test brought me some insight, but it also brought me some issues. Yeah. You know, it can bring both. It can bring insight. It can bring issues if I over-identify. And I'd like to think I'm not lazy. I'd like to think I'm capable of hard work and that I can see things through to the finish. But the nine in me says, no, you can't do that. And that's a problem. Yeah, again, like we said at the beginning of this, I believe you're more than that, man. And I think you know that you're more than that too. And for us to think that a human being or even a group of human beings who could create an assessment, which by the way, the Enneagram people would tell you it's not a personality test, right? That's true. Um, For us to create an assessment that would encompass all the things – That's very naive of us. Now, can we create an assessment that can help in certain ways? Sure. But to say that God created us to have only nine types? Yeah, right. Like, we are so much bigger and greater than that. Like, God is so much more complex and creative and beautiful than that. And so are you, listener. You know? And. I had so many issues with the Enneagram one, even how you just said, like, are you even Christian? Like, that's a joke. But it was associated with Christianity so hard, even though it's not in the Bible anywhere. And if you look at the history of the Enneagram, it has nothing to do with Christianity. And actually, it can be argued that it's anti-Christian. And if you're looking for a good podcast resource, a Christ Culture and Coffee podcast with my friend Robbie Lashua, they actually did an episode on the Enneagram. Very, very interesting. They brought in an expert Enneagram person. It was really good. Mm. So anyways, you can check that out. But I know that's going to irritate people because there are some people listening to this. I mean, Christ Church of the Valley even did a whole sermon series on uh, one of the biggest churches in the state of Arizona did a whole sermon series on the Enneagram, you know, wow. like it was deeply involved in, in Christian, which I ha- had an issue with. But really, the biggest issue that I have with it is exactly what you described. Like I saw people saying, well... That's just who I am. I'm a this type, so that's why I do the thing. Sorry, deal with it type thing, yeah. right? Um, and I, I just have problems with that, man. I really do. And I think that you're even more than just the quote-unquote good parts of a nine. You have a lot of the good and all the different numbers, you know? Yeah. Maybe you don't have a proclivity to lean towards all of those, right? But I'm tempted to to – take these personality tests because I, I want something to definitively tell me who I am, Mm. you know? And if I have, if I can boil it down to simple ideas, I'm an INFJ or whatever, I don't know which one of those I am, but uh, you know, if I can just identify as something, I have somewhere to fit in, Mm. you know, because growing up, I was always like slightly not fitting in, in all these different groups. You know, I, I, was a cuttlefish, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that was more accurate than I realized. <laughs> I would blend in to wherever I was. And so I want to have a place. And these tests sometimes make me feel like maybe I can find that, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we have a, a, we are created that it is deep within us to search for meaning and to have meaning. And that's why these things are so popular. It, it gives us that meaning. It gives us an identity and it even gives us a tribe. The number of people that reached out to me and asked what my Enneagram type was when it was so popular just because they wanted to be able to type me or cast me or or 
even identify with me and be on a tribe with me, it was crazy. Like the number, I, it was countless people asking me what Enneagram number I was. And there were some people close to me, friends and even family members that like, they would all try to guess what Enneagram number I was. And, and when I, when they would ask me the question, Grant, take the test. I'm like, no, I won't. And they said, Grant, what, what are you? And I would say I'm a 10. I'm, I'm all the Enneagrams, you know, like I would just be annoying with it. super contrarian as you, as, as you guys have experienced in this podcast, but like the, people have that desire. They want to be able to associate with a thing. We were created to have meaning and have purpose. And I think, sadly, when we're not being a good steward of personality assessments, we're finding identity in them. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's something we should do. And on the second half of this podcast, Dan, I want to talk through how you can be a good steward of personality assessments. When personality assessments can be used – as a tool that can be helpful, not the end all be all, right. but then also some filters that you need to think through as you're taking personality assessments yourself or maybe leading other people to taking personality assessments. And we're going to reveal some results of a personality assessment that I give to some employees here that you took. I did. And we're going to learn some things. I think it'll be great. Yeah, we're going to get real personal. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but hey, stewardship is a company of home loan insurance and investment advisors that serve you with wisdom and love. So as a result, we want to make sure we're giving you some financial tidbits. We're going to share with you one of our one-minute money tips. Dan, hit it. How much money should I keep in my savings versus an investment account? That's a common question I get now. It's probably because your bank account isn't paying you any interest. So here's how I think through it probably want to keep about three months of expenses minimum in just your regular savings account, even though you're not going to earn any return. After that, you can totally be more opportunistic if you want to pursue things like an investment account. You have to remember, there's no fixed high rate of return in an investment account, so you are taking on some type of risk. However, it, it is still liquid, so if you we're in a pinch, you needed access to funds, you can still take it out of your investment account. Um, you can look at things like a Roth IRA as a backup emergency fund as well, because you can take out your contributions tax-free. You can look at a home equity line of credit as a backup option. So it's all about your comfort level and how opportunistic you want to be. Some people are looking for even more peace in their personal finances. Some people are looking for uh, opportunities to make the most of their finances, depending on their personality. Uh, and uh, that's why the answer to this question is is a big deal. Uh, you might be saying to yourself, I want the most. I'm making the most out of my money. I can tell you right now, if you want to level up with your finances, get three to six months of your expenses in a liquid savings account. Make sure you're making your maximum contributions to your IRAs and 401ks. But once you get to the level where you're doing those things, you already have those things, and you're able to start putting excess into an additional investing account, wow, really big deal. And following through on what Jake just talked about is huge. Not only can that help you get the most of your finances, but if you're the type of person who likes to have peace of mind, this can give you peace as well. Yes, these investment accounts do carry with it a certain rate of risk to them, but you're going to get a much better return than you would in just a regular savings account. Great tip by Jake. All right, yeah. so now I want to discuss wh how we can be a really, really good steward of personality assessments. Um, the first thing is just kind of rehashing what we, what we just said. You 
are more than any assessment is saying you are. And it's naive of us to think that one person or a group of people can create a test that's going to be all-encompassing for all the things. Can this be insight into a portion of maybe your proclivities or your tendencies or a portion of your personality? Sure, it can. But it is not your identity. Like let's know who created these things. It's man, it's people, right? And let's know it doesn't it's not who you are. It's 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 not all. That's the first way to, to be a good steward of it. Um, so even though I am not a huge fan of personality assessments, Daniel, um, so much so that like I I was asked by this company who's a, a fairly prestigious like business coaching company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reached out to me, you know, based on some of the success that we've had at stewardship. They say, hey, you know, I think you'd be a great mentor helping other business people. We want you to be a coach on our team. Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, I'll look into it and see if I can uh, help other people. One of the things that they asked me on the application is what's your Enneagram type? What's your DISC type? What's your Colby assessment? Like they asked me all my – I'm like, oh, I've never taken any of those. <laughs> like, uh, But there was one test that I had taken and I have got – I think I've taken it three or four times. And I've gotten different results almost every time I've taken it. Hmm. And I didn't know how to answer the question on the application – Again, because I've gotten different results. So another way of being a good steward with these quizzes is not only understanding it's not all-encompassing and you shouldn't put your identity in it, but it's only giving you insight into that date and time of when you did it. Your mood can change. Who you are can change. I was a Komodo dragon at the beginning of this. I could easily take that quiz again tomorrow and be a different animal. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's important to know and understand. So those two things are big. But there are two assessments that I like to give people here at Stewardship. Um, One of them is a working genius test. This is a fairly new assessment that came out by Pat Lincioni. And Pat Lincioni is an unbelievable author. Uh, He is a leader, uh, semi-business influencer guy. He puts on events too. Uh, I really, really appreciate him. And anytime I can get information from him, I try to listen um, I think he's uh, wise and intelligent. Uh, he has a, an assessment called the Working Genius Test. And the purpose of this is to help people discover maybe areas where they like to work and they're good at it mm-hmm. versus areas where maybe they're good at it, but they don't like it. And then areas where they don't like to work and they're not good at it. Um, because that was an issue that I've had here at Stewardship. Dan, when I when I first hired you, I hired you because you're an awesome human being. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I think you're awesome. You're a great guy. And as stewardship, we have a culture where people want to come work here. So we have unbelievable numbers of people that are excellent human beings that just want to be a part of the team. And it doesn't really matter to them what they do. They just want to be on the team, which is a really cool blessing. But my issue as a leader is sometimes I was hiring amazing people like you and putting them into positions that were just open, maybe rather instead of positions where they like to work and they're good at working. You were hired as a mortgage loan originator assistant to start. Yeah. How did you feel? Did you like that? Um, No, I liked uh, stewardship. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know anything about mortgages uh, and paperwork is not my strong suit. Organization isn't my strong suit, but... Uh, a loan originator assistant was responsible for 
managing and maintaining documents and being organized. Yeah. And while I was, I, I figured it out. I didn't mess up any files mm-hmm. that I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was worse off because I worked on their stuff, but it was hard for me. Yeah. And it made Greg's job harder too. And Greg was the the original. You were assisting. Yeah. Assisting. Yeah. So, like, this test, had you taken it prior to, it would have given some insight. It wouldn't have told me your identity or who you were, the conversations I had with you, the relationship that I built with you, other portions of the hiring process helped me learn enough about you to understand, like, I think you're a quality human being and I want you to be on the team, right? Uh, But taking this test might have said, okay, maybe we should put him in this area of the team. Uh, So why don't you share your results? This, This test gives you six working geniuses, two that they say you're really good at and you like doing it Two that they say you're good at, but you don't like doing. And then two that you don't like doing and you're not good at. So where, where, where are you, what were your yeah. results? And the initial spell out widget, which I thought was really, fun. ah, yeah. It's an acronym. It's the acronym for the good six acronym. working geniuses, yeah. right? Yeah. And so my two working geniuses are wonder and invention. Okay. Uh, which sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like I'm an inventor. All right. So when you took this test, working genius, wonder, and invention, describe. So read those first two right there. For wonder, it is. Yeah. For wonder, I am good at enjoying. uh, I'm good at and enjoy pondering the possibility of greater potential and opportunity in a given situation. I would say that's accurate about you. Uh, And then invention, I'm good at and enjoy creating original and novel ideas and solutions. So now your role at stewardship you're no longer and haven't been for a while a mortgage loan originator uh, assistant and doing a lot of paperwork Correct. and organization. You are a media producer, which mm-hmm. requires a lot of wonder and invention. Mm-hmm. So you're able now to do something that you, you're good at and you like doing. Yeah. And the aspects of my job that involve organization uh, are the areas that I struggle. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, in every job, you're going to have pieces, uh, all the pieces of the, the working genius that kind of encompasses a lot of tasks. Um, and so I can see in my job, the, the tasks I enjoy more are those ones that involve wonder, involve creativity. Yeah. Um, I, I see a lot of truth here and it helps me recognize, oh, I get, I, I mean, I, I, I agree that I, I don't enjoy these other areas as much, mm. but it, it's not an excuse not to do them yeah. well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I felt like it was accurate at least. So let's go down to the bottom, and what are the two that it says are your working frustrations? I mean, you don't enjoy doing them, and you're not good at doing them, at least based on how it assessed you. So those were uh, galvanizing and tenacity. All right, so read the description for galvanizing. Uh, I am not naturally gifted at, and I don't really derive energy and joy from rallying people and inspiring them to take action around a project, task, or idea. Yeah, you're not going to grab a microphone and tell people, go, go, go. Let's, you know, like you're not going to necessarily do things in that way. Yeah. However, and this is maybe potentially where this could go wrong, I would say as part of a team, you're extremely encouraging. And when there is a leader galvanizing, you get on board with galvanizing with that leader. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of lines up with some of the other things. Like I, I help with enabling the team. So like I'm, I'm right. a good helper with the galvanizing. Right. So you're the two areas where it says you're, you know, maybe competent, competent in them was enabling. And then what was the other one? Discernment. Discernment. Okay. So then the last one of the working frustration was tenacity. So read that one. Yeah. This one probably made me feel the the worst about myself. <laughs> so I have to be careful not to over-identify with this. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not naturally gifted at or deriving energy from pushing projects and tasks through to completion. 
to ensure that the desired results are achieved. So I guess I'm not as goal-oriented, uh, and that makes me feel like I guess I can't finish things. So the, uh, I would say that this rang true in your previous job as a mortgage loan originator assistant. A big part of that is pushing things through to completion, making them happen. I wouldn't say that you're not good at creating goals, but the part of you do not derive energy from taking things from point A to point B, boom, done. Like you, like some people will buy an extra fat Sharpie marker just to cross off things mm. from a to-do list. You don't have any big fat Sharpie markers or a visible to-do list where you check stuff off. That's not you, right? Yeah. And this is the part of being a good steward of these tests and assessment. You got shame from it. Right. And, and, and maybe even identified with some of it. And although portions of that may or may, may not be true, like I don't think that you should let a test like this give you some level of shame. Can you learn from it and try to work better in certain areas? Maybe. But just because you don't derive energy from completing tasks with tenacity doesn't mean you're a bad person in any way, shape, or form. And that's the same thing that happened to you with the Enneagram with a type nine, right? Yeah. Like I just I, – I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the box of shame that personality assessments can put you into, especially the Enneagram people. They will love to say it doesn't put you in a box. It tells you the box that you're already in. Well, that just says there's a box. Who right. says there's a box? Anyways, like you can't – I'm bashing the Enneagram so hard in this. But like you can't – like that's a, that's a problem. It's yeah. a problem that when, when those things are happening, and if you want to be a good steward of these assessments, don't do not do that. How can we be a good steward of these results that we just found out about you? Um, one, let's have conversations to discover which of these things do you feel like are true and not true. Mm-hmm. And also, let's have conversations and test out doing work that aligns with some of this and see what it might look like, Right. Test it out in that moment of time. Your skills, abilities, proclivities, personality, who you are in five years from now is going to be different than who you are today. The person that I am is very different than the person that my wife married 15 years ago. Yeah. I have very different personalities, right? Very different proclivities. And same for her. And rather than putting people into boxes and saying this is who they are, We should say that they might have these certain tendencies. Let's try to support them in that. But let's learn about people as they're changing in life and continue to support them in that. Another test that I love to take and give people is also called the emotional intelligence test. And this is different in that it doesn't tell you, you know, what type of person or animal or category you fall into. It actually gives you a number based on two things. It tells you how self-aware you are and how others aware you are. And that defines emotional intelligence to me. Emotional intelligence is how aware you are of yourself, how aware you are of others. And if you're very aware of those two things, you're going to be able to respond well in good times and in bad times and in certain scenarios and situations. Emotional intelligence is extremely valuable, extremely valuable. How you are handling things internally emotionally, but how you internal things with your emotions externally is a big, big, big deal. 
And I like taking this test because it reveals where you stand in that, but it shows you how to improve. It gives you a right. score to like a 100, right? Yeah. So when you do the test, like, oh, you can work better about your self-awareness or other awareness in these circumstances, in these situations. And I love those types of tests. I love the emotional intelligence test for that reason. It's less of a personality test. It's less of an identity thing, but it's, it's, a, it's a way and a tool to see, hey, these are maybe some of my tendencies right now in this moment in time. And how can I get better? Yeah, it's not so much telling me who I am, but it's it's showing me the opportunities of who I can become. Right, which is the third step in discussing how we can be a good steward of these personality tests. Yeah, it's, one is the mindset, making sure that we understand that you are more than, than this and that mm-hmm. to think, you know, uh, one person or group of people could could make you out to have all the things in one test. Uh, that's that's a big deal, right? We need to understand that. But going back to step three, step three, we we, we got to know that like it's just a tool. And if we look at it to say like, hmm, maybe I can improve in this area. Instead of you getting into that box of shame about tenacity being in your working frustration from this test, maybe it's look at it and be like, hey, I do value goal completion. And because I value that, let's look in my life to see a better way of how I can get good at this. Yeah. Or maybe how I can make it not a frustration, but I enjoy it. I want to be better at this. I don't want it to be a frustration of mine. Let's develop that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and rather than having shame for it, but seeing how a way you can improve it, I think that's really how, how you can be a good steward of these personality tests. They're not the end all be all. They're not the the who who your identity is or who your tribe should be. Yeah. Um, Dan, I, I think that more importantly, really than, than anything else with this stuff, um, listener, you are created to want to know who you are. You are created to want to know what your purpose is. And I'll tell you what your purpose is right now. Your purpose is to love God and love people. That's the purpose that you were created for. You have been created for a purpose and that's it. That's where you can find your identity. Your identity is who you are in Christ Jesus, meaning loving God and loving people. Now you might ask, okay, well, how can I do that specifically? Well, based on your proclivities and your personalities and your talents, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Yeah, it's infinite. Yeah. It's infinitely creative, just like God. Yeah. And we might say, well, I want to know the specific exact ways. Well, the specific exact way you do that today, Daniel, might be different than the specific exact way you do it tomorrow. And that's beautiful. It's a good thing that we have this freedom. And we have lots of ways that we can pursue that mission, that purpose. Your identity should be in that, Dan. Not in what some personality assessment gives you, right? Yeah. So if I take the quiz, I should also take... A grain of salt. It <laughs> should take a grain of salt. Oh, man, that fits right in with the Hallmark uh, joke and Hallmark. Uh, you used to work at Hallmark reading those cards. Yeah. Which yeah. you found out in another podcast episode. That one will come out next time. Oh. It's a well, preview. It's a preview. So, like, okay, I yeah. just, like, gave a – so we just recorded that prior to recording this. Yeah. Oh, man. So if you are interested in hearing about my history at Hallmark – Listen to the next episode. If you want to hear that inside joke, subscribe. make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Yeah. And tune in to hear about Dan working at Hallmark and Brandon laughing at him for it. <laughs>
you guys, this is personality tests. Being a good steward of it, you got to understand having a sober-minded approach as we take them and evaluate them is good. You are more than what a test can give you. Your identity is more than that. I believe that with all of my heart. God bless you guys.